0: Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape the community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. It's time now for our Monthly with Mosley conversation. Derek Mosley is the director of Marquette Law School's Lubar Center, and he was previously a municipal court judge for the city of Milwaukee. Black History Month starts this week, and for every single day of the month, Mosley posts tributes about remarkable African Americans and black history that often gets excluded from mainstream history. You may have heard the name Ruby Bridges, who at the age of six desegregated an all-white elementary school. But did you know about the other three young girls who had this same experience? Today, Mosley will dive into the forgotten history of these three young black girls and who they grew up to be. He chats with Lake Effect's Mallory Chang. So today, we're
1: going to talk about something in the spirit of your annual Black History Month tradition of sharing the stories of remarkable African Americans and Black history that is often, unfortunately, excluded from mainstream history. And today, we'll be talking about a very well-known person in history, Ruby Bridges. She was a young girl in 1960. She was six years old, and she was one of the first young Black kids to attend an all-white school in New Orleans, Louisiana. And there is a historic image of her walking out of school, escorted by three U.S. Marshals, depicting this moment of desegregation in our country's history. But there were also three other young Black girls who faced a similar day as Bridges, and mostly, who were these three other young
2: girls? Yeah, so there. So actually, you know, the name of the group was called the New Orleans Four. But despite the fact that it was called the New Orleans Four, everybody only knows about Ruby Bridges, and so there are three other girls: Gail Etienne, Tessie Prevost, and Leona Tate. Also, like Ruby, desegregated the schools in Louisiana in 1960. Also like Ruby Bridges, they were escorted to school by United States marshals. They faced a gauntlet of people yelling and screaming at them. Uh, There's a picture that you might see if you Google of a a woman holding a noose around a a black baby doll's head as they walked down the street. And so these three brave six-year-old girls endured that when they went to school on the same exact day that Ruby Bridges did.
1: And were they all at the same school that day? Or were they all like at four different New Orleans area schools?
2: Yeah. So I I think that's the reason, Mallory, that we hear about Ruby Bridges and not about the other three young girls. Uh, Ruby Bridges attended a school all by herself. The other three girls attended another school and they attended this school together. And I think everybody just sees that image of Ruby by herself. And I think that's why they got all the publicity. But those same three girls who uh, desegregated schools in New Orleans faced the same hardships. In fact, when they got to school that day, the principal had received letters and phone calls saying that if she comes into a classroom, we're pulling our kids out of school. So the principal really didn't know what to do. So those three little girls like sat in the hallway for the majority of that first day of school, just to pass the time they started playing uh, hopscotch on the tiles on the floor in the, in the grade school. And then towards the end of the day, the principal was like, this is ridiculous. And so he brought the girls into a classroom. And this was so crazy is there were people who were looking through the windows in the classroom. And so as soon as those three young girls got into the classroom, parents started calling and coming to the school and pulling their kids out. So much so, Mallory, that by the end of the day, the only kids left in the school were those three girls.
1: Wow, I can't even imagine that. That's that's an image in itself in history. And uh, mostly after that day, what happened to those three girls? What happened to Gail, Tessie, and Leona?
2: Yeah, so two of the girls decided that uh, they would go all the way through. They would go all the way through school from the grade school they went to at six years old all the way up to the all-white high school. However, Tessie was fed up. She couldn't take anymore. And so she transferred, her parents uh, transferred her to an all black school. But here's the great story. Several years later, so when I say several years later, I'm talking decades later. So, in the year 2000, the three girls noticed that McDonough, the school, was going to be torn down. It was in disrepair and it was going to be torn down. And they decided to purchase the school. And so that's exactly what they did. They purchased the school. They had to put it on the U.S. National Registry of Historic Places. And they renamed the school the TEP Center. So for it came out to, what is it? It came out to Tate, Etienne, and Pre- Prevost. So the TEP Center. And that TEP Center became, it's even to this day, in 2022, it has affordable housing. It has a, a desegregation museum in there. They hold classes, as well as restorative justice practices that go on at that school. And I just thought it was really cool that you had uh, these girls who integrated this school who weren't welcome, who wind up buying the school and, and turning it into a museum. And so it's sort of like everything comes full circle. I just think it's a great story, and I'm kind of sad that we don't read about it in our history books.
1: That's really cool that it came full circle like that. And I'm just curious, too, like I know that Gail, Tessie and Leona went to McDonough Elementary School together in 1960. But did they know about Ruby? Did the four of them ever meet each other?
2: Oh, yes. They all were well aware of who each other were. They all knew that they were going to schools on the same day. But it's really weird that the the three just were kind of written out of history. Right. They, would, you know, they, they had the same exact thing happen. They were escorted by marshals. They were harassed. But they just sort of fell through the cracks um, when it comes to history here in America. But, you know, the the thing about this story that's just the most amazing thing to me, Mallory, is that all four of them are still alive. Right. And not only are they still alive, they're only 67 years old, which is so crazy to me. Right. So the first students to integrate schools in New Orleans, Louisiana are 67 years old, right? You think about when we talk about, you know, segregation and Jim Crow and all these things, everybody has this image that took place so long ago. But, you know, this is in the lifetimes of parents and grandparents that are living today. So it's pretty amazing.
0: Derek Mosley is the director of Marquette Law School's Lubar Center. He joins Lake Effect's Mallory Chang every month, to share restaurant recommendations, unpack our legal system, or share his personal research on Black history. You can hear their previous conversations at wuwm.com. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.